I'm glad you're here this morning. We're still in our Judge Not series. This is some good stuff here. And, and uh, you know, one of the questions came up about last week, which always this is, this, this is going to be the case. When I talk about fixing you is killing me, there's a lot of scriptures, you know, well, do we not bear one, another bur- uh, one another's burdens and that type of thing? Of course we do. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, we, we know that the only way a person's soul can really be restored is for them to go to Christ. That's it, to Jesus. And, and so we point them to Jesus. But with that, let's uh, go to the Lord in a word of prayer and we'll get started this morning. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the message that you placed upon my heart this morning. Father, as we go through this message, uh, Father, remind us that we're not to take the bait. Lord, offenses will come is what your word says, but woe to those whom through they come. So, Father, may we uh, just be offensive, offense-free and, Lord, live our life freely because it is for freedom that you have set us free not to be yoked to a yoke of slavery. So, Lord, let us uh, walk in your freedom this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the first week I covered what is judgment, that God is the only one that has the right to judge. And so, he alone knows why people do what they do. God is the only one who can truly know the heart. And so, if you do the crime, you will do the time. Okay, that's just kind of what I talked about in the first week. Second week, I talked about the fixer. That was last week. Fixing you is, is killing me. The best thing I can do for you and your problem is to take care of me and my problems. I was wanting you to hear that, that all of us have a role and a responsibility to ourselves to keep ourselves healthy in the Lord. And then today, it's called Don't Take the Bait. Several, several years ago, probably, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe five years ago or so, uh, I asked Britt to make me a giant hook. And you probably remember it, Britt, it, I don't know if any of y'all were at the church at the time that he made the hook, but I had a hook up here on stage. It was about this big, and it just looked like a giant fish hook. And uh, I kept it up here, and I taught on this thing called scandalon on the bait of Satan, if you will. It's, it's the bait of offense, and, and, and you're going to see me unpack that here in a minute, but I kept that hook up here on stage so that everyone would know that there's a big hook out there hoping to hook you. And you have to be careful and you have to stay clear of it because if you get hooked by this big hook, you're going to live a life of trouble, you're going to live a life of pain, and you're going to cause pain for many who are around you. So I'll talk about that hook in just a minute. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7 is where we're going to be this morning. Matthew 18, verse 7. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come or the offense comes. So what he says is there are going to be offenses out there, right? There are going to be things that offend you that are out there, but woe to the one who carries the offense. All right. An offense will cause you to stumble through life. It will trip you up every time there's an opportunity to grow and develop spiritually. Offenses isolate us from those who can help us grow. Offenses are trigger points in our lives that avert our potential as people. Offenses will ensure you will never become the person whom God desires you to be because it is not in his destiny for you to walk in this life offended. So here's the bad news. The bad news is there's a hook that's set out there and it's called offense and Jesus says it will come. But you have an ample opportunity to either say yes or no, to take the bait or not take the bait. You don't have to live life offended. You can overcome every opportunity to be offended. In fact, you can become offense-proof, hopefully. Galatians 5.1 is what I prayed for you a while ago. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we've got to remember that Christ wants us to be free, spiritually free, 
because when we're spiritually free, we have the freedom to not only be healthy ourselves, but the freedom to lead someone else in health. All right, Matthew 18, 7, Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man whom the offense comes. The word offense in the Greek means scandalon. And so when I had that big hook up here, I, I said, you've got a big hook. There's, there's, and we always bait those hooks. And the word offense comes from the Greek known as scandalon, which is, it means a bloody piece of bait. If you've ever seen people fish for sharks, they bait the water, right? They throw blood in the water and then the blood attracts the sharks and then they get these big hooks and they put a big nasty piece of meat on there and they throw it out there and the shark comes and of course takes the bait, right? And sometimes that's exactly how Satan has baited this world, if you will. That, that he, he bloodies it up, he muddies it up and, and some people are attracted to that. Have you ever known people who, if they don't have a fire to put out, they'll start one? Yeah, don't tell me you're married to her, man. It's, it's not okay to say that, all right? But, but you, you know that, that there are times when people will bloody the water, if you will, or, or uh, um, Satan and his angels, however you want to say it, if uh, Satan in my eyes has, has been defeated. Now, it doesn't mean that he's not actively involved and engaged in this world by any means. Of course he is, and, and there are his angels, and there are um, the demonic forces in this world. But they, the, the world can be baited, if you're not careful, it can smell and, and we tend to swim by and, and if we're not careful, the bait looks good. It looks good to grab a hold of. Scandalon, a movable bait stick or trigger in a trap. It's a cause for stumbling. Woe to the world because there will be plenty of bait always attached to a hook or in a trap waiting for you to take it. Woe to the man who takes the bait and carries that bait. So Jesus gives a warning here. He says, hey, there's scandal on out there. Woe to that. If you grab it, then you carry it. You take it and you're hooked. And if you're not careful, you'll hook others into it. Think about gossip for just a minute. Gossip is no fun if it's just by yourself. You ever think of that? I mean, it's no fun to gossip about somebody if you're just talking to yourself. And, 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 but, but if you can bring someone else into that scandal on, if you can muddy and bloody the waters a little bit and start talking about someone, triangulate anyone, hopefully everyone knows what triangulation is. Uh, uh, triangulation means that I'm going to take Ryan and I'm going to talk about so-and-so and I'm going to, I'm going to bloody the water a little bit. And then hopefully this so-and-so, you know, maybe Ryan will take the bait or maybe Oscar will take the bait or how that looks. See, it, it's just one of those ways. And, and it's no fun to gossip by yourself, right? We, we're trying to bring someone else in. Hey, come take this bait. And then maybe you'll get offended with them too. And maybe we'll ostracize them. Maybe we'll, we'll judge them. See, it takes us to a point and a place of judgment. See, we make a judgment and judgment and offenses, I want you to hear this, go hand in hand. We assume why and, and the motive, we, we assume the why and the motive why they did what they did in order to take the bait. And then we take the bait. And now we're trapped in our judgment. We're just a fish on the line. And so as this happens, be careful because it comes along very subtly a lot of times. A lot of times you just smell the blood. You know, they say sharks can smell blood up for miles, up to miles. I mean, five, six, ten miles away, 50 miles away, supposedly sharks can smell blood in the water. Just a little scent and it will turn them into the direction of the bait it can just be those little subtle things in our own lives you ever been offended because someone didn't say hi to you i, I know when i first moved out of west texas 
uh, you know, I was used to waving at everybody, just lift my hand up off the steering wheel and wave everybody. Everybody wasn't waving back. You know, I, I didn't really take offense to it, but I just remember, I, 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 I know there are times that, that people are just so busy, they're so focused with the tasks that they have at hand, they simply don't say hi. Have you ever not been invited to the house party? See, I, I put that in there to be funny. My last name's House. Right, right. You ever been offended because you weren't put on the committee or put on the team uh, chosen? That someone didn't recognize your achievements, didn't compliment you on how good you looked, right? See, if we're not careful, when we pick up that bait of offense, then we'll get trapped, we'll get hooked. See, we can't put our destiny in someone else's hands. And guys, men, that, that's a very important statement. Don't put your destiny in someone else's hands. When you take on offense, they now have control. You hear me? And so, so oftentimes, if you're offended with someone, then you're thinking on that, you're dwelling on that, you're, you're uncomfortable with them. Uh, they, they, they tend to have control when they're not supposed to have control of your life. You've probably heard this about monkeys. This is true with uh, raccoons as well. You know, you can make a raccoon trap by digging a hole in the ground. And uh, you, as long as you... Back in the day, you would take a can and you would cut the top, just a little hole in the top of that can, and then you would bend all the edges down and put something shiny down in the bottom of that can and put it in the ground, and a coon will come by and stick his hand down there and grab a hold of whatever's shiny and have that fist and not be able to pull his hand back out because you've pushed the lid edges down in uh, in that way. It just makes a simple little trap where a coon can't get out. They catch monkeys the same way, as a matter of fact, a monkey with a banana will do the same thing. He put his hand in there, grab a hold of the banana, and won't let go of the mat banana, and men will come up and, and catch the monkey. So uh, uh, this, is, this is the scandal on, right? They see something there, and they grab a hold of it, and they can't let it go. Man, that's, that's exactly the trap, the bait of Satan, if you will. We'll grab a hold of this thing known as a fence, and we're not able to let it go. It makes it hard for us to be in relationship with one another. It makes it hard for us to be in relationship with our wives. Sometimes our wives say something, and just the tone. It's not even that they've said something bad or wrong, but what do we do? We go, that tone, I don't like that tone. Uh-uh, you know, and we're offended. We don't say goodbye. When we, when we leave, we just automatically take it. See, it's, it, it can come along so easily. We have to be careful. How do we live above offenses? How do we not take the bait? How do we become offense-proof? How can we become men who, who aren't full of judgment? See, because when you judge something, you attach significance to that event. And if you don't judge, the event won't hold significance in your life. I had an opportunity this weekend to, to be offended. And, and uh, I remember just thinking, you know what? Um, the Lord will see that through. Another year, that won't make any difference. Another six months, we won't even know that that happened. And so uh, I, I slept that night. Monday morning, I got up and thought, I didn't even think about that last night. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just not going to pick that up. I'm just moving forward, right? It's, it's freedom in your life. It's significant and it, for us to live free. We have to be careful what we give significance to because when we give significance to an event or to someone where we are offended, then it can have devastating results in our lives. So ask yourself a couple of questions right now. Are you easily offended? I mean, you don't have to answer them out loud. 
right? But man, it's, it's a great question. Am I easily offended, right? Do I take the bait every time it's presented? See, if you're offended with someone, it's probably because you've made a judgment. You took the bait, now you're trapped in a perspective that only you can get free from. It's so easy to allow that to happen. Maybe you're championing, 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 maybe I should have chosen a different word this early in the morning, right? But if you're not careful, you will champion someone else's offense, right? You'll, you'll come into that triangulation and you'll champion their offense. So there's a couple of ways to, to apply some things in your life not to become offended because Jesus is warning, hey, guys, don't take the bait. Don't take the scandal on, right? Remember, if you carry an offense, then you can't be free in Christ. And he has called us to a life of freedom in the spirit. So what are my options if I've taken the bait? Well, number one, you can stay trapped and walk around the rest of your life with a hook in your, in your mouth. Uh, have you ever caught a fish that's been caught before and has a hook broke off in his mouth? That's what you look like, except the string's still attached, okay? Um, and you can continue to project judgments on people and negative, negatively impact every relationship until eventually you shipwreck your life. Now, some of you, I, if you're here, this really doesn't apply to you because you're here because of relationships. You're here, men, because uh, you want to grow in the Lord. That's why you got up this morning so early on a raining morning when you could have stayed in bed. That's not you, but you know people who have shipwrecked their lives because they couldn't stay in relationship. All of us know people if we've lived long enough. The second thing, I, I think we've got to realize if we're too sensitive or if we walk wounded. You know, there's a lot of people that walk through life wounded. Life is not fair. Life is not level. Life will never be equal. It's easy to make a judgment on someone basically because they grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth. You ever known that person? You're like, well, heck, they had never done anything in their life. They've never been through anything in their life. They've had the perfect life. They, uh, everything just seems to line up. And guess what? That may be true, but that's none of your business. That's hard, isn't it? Especially if you came up through the school of hard knocks. You know, children today aren't awake at 5 o'clock in the morning. They don't have to go and, and, and make a hand in the field anymore. You know, when I grew up, my mother was the hoe chief. That's what we called her. She, she would get all of us kids up and she would uh, have us in the back of the pickup and she would take us down and, and have us in the field by 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. We had our, our own hose to hoe the cotton, you know, to, to chop the fields. And so uh, my dad, we, he would name them, you know, and then we would, he would sharpen them every evening. But we would only work till noon, till it got hot. And then we were allowed to come out of the field. And, and so uh, I still have calluses across my hands from from all the fields that we hoed growing up well kids nowadays aren't don't do that well is that fair is that right doesn't matter right we don't carry that offense there are other ways that i'm going to tell you this uh, wade's been in three days yesterday he had three a days in band you ever heard band you know football two a days when i was growing up but now band has three a days what is that I'm like, anyway, see, I took offense to it. But that's another form of work, right? It's another form of responsibility. It's another thing that they do. So not everyone's life is the same. Everyone is not equal. Man, that's just the way it is. And that's okay. But if you're too sensitive, if you're walking wounded, it's like walking around with a bad sunburn and every relationship that comes up and wants to get close to you, they pat you on the back. That's no fun when you got a sunburn, right? 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. By the way, this scripture I used with a man just last week. He doesn't attend this church. And so I can share that openly with you this morning. But I shared this scripture with him last week and said, this is exactly what you need to do. And he did it. And uh, it's been amazing, uh, the freedom that he's been walking in. Uh, he talked to me Saturday and just was going on and on about it. But Matthew 18, Jesus gives us a way here. If your brother sins against you, this is what he says. If your brother sins against you, then go to that brother. All right? if, if he's baited the hook for you to, to uh, get offended and walk in offense, then, then what you need to do is go talk to that brother. Hopefully, right, it's a sin here, so hopefully you have an opportunity to win your brother back. Both of you can talk. You can work the relationship out. If it doesn't work, then he gives you another way. He says, then, then take someone else with you. Right? Take someone else with you. So here it is. If your brother sins against you, only if a brother commits a sin do we have the right to consider it his fault. I want you to see that. Only if a brother commits a sin do we have the right to consider that it's his fault. If we are hypersensitive and our brother has not actually sinned, then the fault is our own. So if you're walking around with a sunburn and you go, you know what, I just don't like him. I, I, just, I, I just don't like him. You know, it's kind of like any of you saw the movie tombstone years ago you know and 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 then and you got uh doc holiday and who was the villain what was his name and he did the little gun scene you remember that johnny ringo he looked like someone just walked all over your grave remember that but in this particular scene he does a little gun thing you know and the two are kind of going back and forth and uh he they both speak some latin to one another and if you remember um, Doc Holliday, he says, now I really hate him. Some of you remember that little scene. That's kind of what it looks like. You know, I, I, I've heard about you and I've just determined in my heart that I don't like you. I have this sunburn. I'm hypersensitive to, to who you are or what you're about. Be careful with that because it's easy to pick up an offense. We may be too sensitive because of past hurts that we need to be healed from. We tend to live this life and think that's not fair. Well, life will never be fair. It will never be, be equal for any of us. All of us have our own path to walk to some degree. The third thing I would say is this, is learn to forgive and let it go. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how many or how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. All right. And, and seven times seven, depending on which translation that you're reading. What's he saying here? Well, seven is an infinite number in scripture. So he's saying as long as he's asking, he's wanting. It's the same thing for you. As long as you're asking, that means you're wanting this. I, I've had many times people say, you know, I just can't believe that, that this person has done this. And they just keep coming back. And I say, you know, the good point part in that is they keep coming back. That we used to, uh, when I was in Happy, Texas, there was this a, a, such a, a unique story. But I got a phone call. I was actually working at the uh, pinning back cattle at, at the Amarillo Livestock Auction. I was horseback, and a guy calls me. And I have a friend by the name of Bill Dubose who has played numerous pranks on me. If you know him, he's a prankster. And so uh, this guy calls me and he said, yes, sir, this is, and he's got this accent that's far beyond mine. 
And uh, he tells me that he is uh, Cajun, that he's from Louisiana or Arkansas. I can't remember. No, he's from Arkansas. And he starts going on and on and on uh, in this heavy, heavy accent. Well, I finally figure out this has got to be Bill. He's playing a trick on me. And he said, yeah, my wife left me last night, you know, and I got drunk and I, I got in a fight. And I, I mean, he's just going on and on and on. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I bet you did. So then I start throwing the accent back at him, you know, and we're going back and forth. Well, about five minutes in the conversation, I'm still pinning back cattle, you know, just having a ball thinking it's my buddy Bill. It wasn't. This guy was for real. <laughs> and, 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 and the interesting thing about this man is he tells me, this is what triggered me. He said, I have a, I have a van. You've probably seen it. I live in Happy, Texas. I'm right down from the church. I have one of those vans that's painted like the mystery van on Scooby-Doo. And I was like, holy cow, I have seen that van. I know exactly. And he says, sometimes I just sleep in it. Well, he was for real. The interesting thing about this man is I wound up, as soon as I got back, dropped my horses off, I went over to his house to talk to him, you know. And, and I mean, this guy is country. He is, he's, he's beyond Vago Park. All right. I mean, he is country and he begins to talk to me about his life and all the struggles and everything. And he's got a problem with whiskey. And I said, look, I want you to come to church. And, and here's here's the thing is he started coming to church. And it was so funny because when he would come to church, he would sit in this particular pew and people would give him about three feet on each side because he smelled like whiskey. He was still on the whiskey heavy as he started to come to church. But every Sunday I'd go back there and hug his neck and just tell him, hey, man, I'm so glad you're here. You see, because here's the good thing. We've got to keep our brothers coming. The word of God is what sets them free. But if we're not careful, we know why many of us, I know why many of you don't want to come to church sometimes on Sunday mornings, because if you've ever been judged in church or felt like you've been judged in church, what do you say? I ain't going back, right? If they're going to look at me that way, I don't want anything to do with them. And that's, that's a black eye on the church. That's not at all how Jesus was. As a matter of fact, Jesus talks about a man who sat in the back of the synagogue and who ripped his clothes and said, Lord, I'm not worthy to be here. And he contrasts him in that story with a righteous Pharisee who's on the front row who's saying, I'm glad I'm not like him on the back row. There's trouble with that, man. So the cool thing is, is I use that man as an example today. He, he actually came to the Lord. I, uh, there's a lot of story there. There's a lot of lot of time spent with that man. Um, I can't tell you where he is today. He he did move from there. He went back to his hometown, wherever that was in Arkansas. But uh, before he left, I, I can't even tell you that he was delivered from the alcohol. I can tell you that he kept coming to church. And I told him to keep coming. Just keep coming. And I did have a couple times people mention, you know, I think he might be drinking. Yeah, yeah, I think his mouthwash was a little heavier than yours this morning. You're probably right, but I'm glad he's here, right? Because we have to get to a place where we forgive and let go. I couldn't let that be an offense to me. We have to lead men to Jesus. Matthew 18, 21, 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often do we forgive? Well, seven times 70, right? Infinite. Just keep as long as they're coming back, looking for forgiveness, looking for help, not we're not trying to fix them. We're introducing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one who can fix them. But we're not going to be offended by them. 
And that takes us back to really Matthew 18. Learn to have a conversation, men. Some men just, just want to be heard. And sometimes we just need to have a conversation with them. It doesn't mean that you, you uh, are offended after they have the conversation. Sometimes you, you may be a little bit, but uh, just know this, that uh, we need to have a conversation. Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Right here where we started a while ago. Between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. If a brother actually has violated a scriptural principle in relating to us, then we should tell him his fault. That's okay if it's a scriptural thing and he's a brother, meaning that he knows Jesus, right? Then we, have, we can have that conversation. But in that conversation, if you can't have an honest conversation motivated by love, then you're not ready to talk. So here are some questions to ask yourself to know if you're ready. All right, and I'm going to end with these. Am I doing this just to prove myself right? Because <laughs> I'm a little better. I don't have that problem, right? Am I doing this just to prove myself right? Second one is this. Am I trying to get in the last word? The third one is this. Am I trying to win an argument? Now, that's how preachers do it. We just pull out our Bibles. Say, I win. Got to be careful. And will the way I'm doing this promote peace or conflict? Will the way I'm doing this promote peace or conflict? And the reason I share that, that last question is because we remember, woe to the one who, do, who carries the offense because we have the ability to defend others. So if you're going in there to offend him with the word, be careful because you just carried in an offense. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this message. I pray that we would never take up the scandal on, but Lord, we would learn how to do life your way. And we would live free of offense, um, Lord, free of judgment, free of weights and measures. In Jesus' name, amen.